Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lincoln's Musical Podcast. Um, thank you all so much for joining me yet again. Um, we're back. Um, I don't know if y'all saw this, um, but I jumped, dropped a lot of episodes yesterday, and I actually dropped all of the uh, ones I had pre-recorded, um, which means this is going to be kind of being recorded and then released the same day, hopefully, most likely. Um, and I'm actually going to explain something really special changes coming to the podcast. But before we do that, I want to give my little pre-intro to anyone who's first time listening to this podcast. Welcome. My name is Lincoln, and I love talking about musicals, all musicals. It could be musicals upon a stage, most likely. It could be movie musicals. It could be a TV show where they have a musical episode or episodes. You know I'm going to be talking about it because it was inspired based off of my musical playlist upon Spotify. Um, and you know, we are now, um, this will be the 20th episode we've, we've done guys. This is kind of crazy. This is a, a milestone of sorts. And like I said, the podcast is going to be going through some special changes going forward that'll only make content more interesting, but I'll explain that when we get to the end of this episode. But for right now, we're going to focus on what this episode's about and you're all in luck, folks, because we are talking about the iconic Lion King musical. And oh my goodness, this musical. I, I don't even know where to start. Um, so just buckle your seatbelts. We're about to take a look, a deep dive into all the great things we love about this show. All the things that I love about this show. Um, I, but first, I just want to apologize for... Um, is This is good to be back because it's been a while since I've recorded. You know, y'all? I, I feel... We're going to be hopefully, luckily I'm in Thanksgiving break right now as of when I'm recording this. Um, um, my hope is to have an episode out every day this week for Thanksgiving, most likely. Maybe I'll throw one on Thanksgiving. Who knows? Um, but just know, um, this is just another wonderful thing to be doing. I started this like eight months, crazy thing that I just started this eight months ago. Um, and I've had so many fun guest stars on here. And it's only going to get more fun and more exciting as we go. But... Enough from here to there. Let's get into the Lion King musical. Now, I don't know who doesn't know the Lion King, but you might not know that the musical first opened as for tryouts in Minneapolis in 1997 and was released on Broadway later that year. It's kind of crazy that so it, it, it's something that started in 1997, but is it, it, it's such a cultural icon that it's been around the world and it's still going strong as of 2019. Uh, naturally, 2020, it, the production got closed for obvious reasons, but... Take let, let me let me say that year blunt length again from there, nineteen ninety seven to twenty nineteen most likely early twenty twenty, that's so so many years and if I was better at math I would have that number ready for you guys, I'm actually gonna go ahead and get a calculator up so I can tell y'all how many years that is so, twenty twenty, and I'm just doing this math for y'all because I am. I'm proving a point, and I have to, um, you know, because this this is me we're talking about. That is 23 years. 23 years, guys. Lion King has take, been taking the world by storm for 23 years. I'm serious. It's been 
everywhere. It's been in New York, on Broadway, Tokyo, Japan, the West End, Toronto, Los Angeles, Hamburg. It's toured all of North America twice. Probably not even twice. No, three times, y'all. It's toured since it's been Sydney, Australia, The Hague, Shanghai, Seoul, Johannesburg, Paris, Las Vegas, Singapore, Madrid, the United Kingdom, Sao Paulo, Sydney again, Basel, Mexico City, Shanghai again. It has been, it's taken an international tour. This musical, this 23-year spanning musical, it has been described as a tour de force. It is something that you never, ever forget. And I can say that with complete confidence because I have seen this spectacle at least three times that I know of. I've, t I've been blessed to be in my school's production of it. I adore the movie. I adore the music. I mean, I think Lion King is just a cultural phenomenon that you, you, I think it's impossible to not know it. Um, but before we get really into it, I'm going to give a summary of the story. For those who don't know, Lion King is the story of a young cub, lion cub named Simba, and his grow and his journey through coming of age journey to ultimately becoming the king. During it, he loses his father at a young age. He's um, it's a very prodigal son in that he has to leave his home of Pride Rock to um, kind of do, and, and but ultimately has to realize he has to face his responsibilities and take place of the circle of life. He has to then come back and challenge his uncle to take his place as king, meeting a, a vast array of eccentric animal characters set to the fantastic music of Lebo M., Tim Rice, Elton John, a book by Roger Allers and Irene Meshi, directed by the iconic Julie Taymor. This woman's directing abilities precede themselves. I mean, you're looking at um, um, A Midsummer Night's Dream filmed in 2007, I want to say. I might be wrong about that. Um, another piece that I've discovered of hers that's truly beautiful is a film called Across the Universe, which is a jukebox musical about the Beatles. Well, it's it's it's, it's a jukebox musical that they use Beatles music, but it's set in the 1960s during the Vietnam War. Um, it's just so beautiful and fantastic, and I actually recently watched it, but Julie Taymor is just a, a master with storytelling, but with that being said with the story, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm rambling all over the place, y'all, it's because I cannot gush enough about the creative team behind this, behind, about the story, I mean, it, it's one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic Disney movie ever, I think, there's not a single generation of people who don't know this story. This is an enduring tale um, about good versus evil, about family, about growing up, about um, love, about, you know, about discovering, resp accepting responsibility. And th there's so much to unpack in this show. Um, I don't, I don't think, I mean, this is like a, an iconic phenomenon. It, it really is taking the world by storm. But I, and I could go on and on, and I'm going to review it, of course, more in depth. But firstly, I wanted to talk about my journey into Lion King, my experiences with it up till now, and where I hope to go with it in the future, if I do plan to. Um, so let's go into it. So... Obviously, I came into the Lion King the way every kid go got and probably came into the Lion King most likely. Um, my parents 
in addition to the myriad of Disney movies that I experienced, um, came Lion King. And I, I think even then it was one of my favorite movies. It, there was just something about it. And I think I've talked to some of my other friends. I think it's the Mufasa. It was one of the first Disney pieces that had people who sounded like me. And when I say that, I mean James Earl Jones. But I think the whole feeling with the African music of Circle of Life, you had um, these amazing songs in here by Lebo M. And I think just you know, discovering the movie, it was so iconic, because, I mean, I loved the other Disney movies, like, Princess and the, uh, not Princess and the Frog, I'm sorry, that's another great one that, um, I feel like represents me as a black person, but, um, you know, you have Beauty and the Beast, um, Cinderella, things like that that I liked, but Lion King really made me feel, like, seen, and in a way that the others just hadn't. Like, I could see myself playing them, but I had never seen a, sh a movie that made, that was one of the first movies that made me feel, like, so... Like, I could be in there. Like, I could be a part of that. And as, someone, as a young kid who would eventually grow to love acting, um, that sh movie just meant a lot to me. Um, just in terms of the hero, Scar was one of the first villains that really terrified me. I think that was... I know a lot of people say Bambi was a dark Disney movie. Nah, for me, it was Lion King, guys. I mean, that stampede scene, that... And the final battle is just... Some scary, some really beautiful and cartoon, cartoon animated stuff that terrified uh, me as a child. So um, yeah, um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I came into the movie, uh, into Lion King. I had the movie, um, and then came the my genesis into the musical theater realm. I was looking up a lot of things as if there were if there were musicals, and lo and behold, I came across the Lion King musical. I found a montage of the London production, and needless to say, it only fan. It was one of the numerous sparks that was going to fan the flames of my passionate um, experience, this long-spanning experience with the theater that um, is is ever growing and changing and building. Um, that has helped shape my belief system and, and as a person, but that seeing that montage really changed everything. And I, I remember, um, a year or so later, my mother would get me the original Broadway cast CD, but there was something in it, seeing these, seeing the way, seeing actors holding the puppets of the animals, seeing the giraffes walk across the stage on the, on the video, seeing the chi the cheetah, seeing the antelope, seeing the lions, and the way, the, the big masks. It was something so stunning and something so beautiful about it. Um, and I think there was something so compelling about it. I hadn't even seen the show yet, but I could tell there was something here. There was something to this show that I would, I would love to see. And getting the soundtrack only made that stronger. Um... Because a lot of the African music that's in the background of that movie was put in the forefront in the soundtrack. There are songs like One by One, um, Grasslands Chant, The Lioness Hunt. Um, uh, and that's not even considering the iconic songs. I feel like the iconic songs were on a whole other level. You had Circle of Life, um, Be Prepared, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. It felt like the musical soundtrack 
up to the ante in those songs, like the the African drums, the 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 or the, the the orchestra, the the voices. It it it's as a cast as an album. It is perhaps as a young child one of the most transformative experiences for me. It felt like it felt like I was watching the movie by listening to that soundtrack. Like I think as a soundtrack, it was one of the most profound experiences that actually could like if you like if I if I want to listen enjoy Lion King I would consider that as a viable option as opposed to watching the movie guys I'm not even playing with you like first of all give the Lion King um soundtrack some love it's on Spotify the Lion King musical soundtrack so beautiful so great there's so many amazing songs in it I cannot um praise the soundtrack enough but that was kind of my second my the next part of the journey so then came the and after getting that soundtrack out, of course, being the extra little drama kid that I was, I, um, on the playgrounds, um, in second and third grade, I think, namely second grade, I performed a one man show of The Lion King, incorporating the musical with the movie lines, because at that point, I still had not seen the show live. And the first time I saw it live was on a vacation to Houston with my mom, my brother, and my grandma. And we were in a hotel, so we let, and, was, and the theater was, I think, pretty close to the hotel. And I still remember hearing the Circle of Life, seeing the actress playing Rafiki step out on the stage, and I was transformed. I, and from start to finish, it was one of the most amazing experiences seeing the elephant walk down the aisle, seeing the acting, seeing the lighting, seeing the the Savannah come to life on that stage with the puppets and the actors and the actresses and and the music. It it's one of those experiences that, you know, it really, really did it it's it's there's there it, it it's wild of the theater. There is such a theatrical experience. I know people who have sobbed through the beginning of Circle of Life, and I can't blame them. As a little kid, I lit up. It was like, I was like, is this what it's it's like? And I think then, as a little kid, I was like, I want to act. I want to be an actor. But And I was like, can I be up there doing that? And there were so many black um, actors and actresses on that stage. I was like, could I do that one day? I was so amazed, guys. And it was so beautiful to see um truly truly something and and you know and so then I I saw it that blew my mind I would see it again in at Dallas summer musicals back in my hometown of Dallas um and I saw that and I was just so it, again just as amazing the second time because I could actually remember it well um <laughs> a little bit older and then I would see it in my junior year again, and I'm going to talk about something in my ninth grade year, but don't worry, I just had to bring this up again because I saw it with my mom, my brother, my aunt, and my cousin, my little cousin who hadn't seen the show before, and just seeing his reaction was so exciting too because um, I've always wanted to kind of, you know, I love seeing it when, uh, I think that was his first exposure to something in the theater at all, and so to have it be something like Lion King was so cool because I was sitting next to him and so inspiring to see his reactions to it so again Lion King holds a place in my heart but 
um, again, going back to my ninth grade year, second year in um, at my school that I'm at now, first year of high school, I figured out we were doing Lion King. And I said, okay, okay, this is pretty cool. I'll do this. And I, I ended up playing, auditioning for the role of Scar. I got Scar. Um, again, very fun role to play. I remember, um, because the year before I had done Susical and I was Horton and I played this protagonist role, the hero. And so I thought, what the heck? I'm going to play a villain. I think Descendants 2 would come out that summer. And I was very infatuated with this idea of going the other way, playing this very charismatic, very diabolical, in, um, unstable villain. And I thought, okay, here we are, a Disney show with perhaps the villain that, one of the most scariest villains to me as a kid, I kind of felt like, okay, I need to do this. And so we went into auditions, I was double casted, and um, it was just truly fantastic to do. And I kind of remember my, I got kind of got to create my costume because they were kind of letting us run free with the costumes again. And I kind of went within this very other direction. I had been given some African fabric and um, nothing much else, really. I kind of had, you know, I was given a pair of pants um, that I still have. Um, and I and I remember being like, okay, I don't, I need to create like a top. And I had this black shirt and the pants were black with some red and yellow. So it was kind of like, okay, they're trying to create this, you know, it's very anti antithesis of what the other lions will be. And so I was like, okay, okay, this is what I'll do. And I came up with this idea and I, and, and being Scar kind of allowed me to play with, um, my idea of what Scar was because I, I knew then I didn't want to be just, you know, the, um, the Jeremy Irons scar from the movie, if you talk about that, or if you're talking about the, um, the, the actor who played scar in the OG, John Vickery in the soundtrack or Patrick page. Um, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be geeking out about this cast, but don't worry. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to be that scar. I wanted to be, create my own scar. Um, and a lot of it was inspired by, if you listen to my descendants two episode, which I dropped yesterday, um, Harry hook from, um, descendants two. And so I kind of was like, okay, I want to create this devil may care, this rogue, a little on the crazy side scar. Um, very young, very impulsive, very much, um, flamboyant. I really had a lot of fun preparing, um, doing, preparing, doing be prepared. And, and it was just so much fun. It really was. And, um, I remember doing the show opening night. I had got to do the makeup for my, I actually still have a picture of myself in that makeup from opening night. I, my lock screen is actually the end of act one where I took over pride rock and it's, it was such a magical night. Um, and I just loved that show. It really was amazing. But like I say, it was just another experience with Lion King in my life. And, um, I remember the, the night very vividly. Um, some of my best, my, my friend, my, some of my best friends, um, are, were in that cast. People who were my peers then would ultimately become my friends are in that cast. I had the CD, the DVD of that night, um, excuse me, of opening night. And that was just a magical moment too. 
Um, but yeah, like I say, Lion King as a story, Lion King as a theatrical experience has always been one of uh, magic, one of inspiration. It allowed me, it was one of the second shows that allowed me to really explore my character, explore where, to really build my character of Scar from the ground up. I really did take a lot of, I think... It was an all-school musical, so a lot of the focus was on the younger kids. But what that allowed me to do was play with my scar. And I did have a few sessions with my director, and we talked about some scenes. But ultimately, it, it allowed me to kind of play, to really build up my character's backstory, to really to, to, to kind of, within the text, discover reasons why he did that. To discover why he delivers lines the way he does, the way he behaved. And it really was informing of that. And... It was just beautiful. It was one of the first times I really got to explore my my craft fully as an actor and to um, build a character that I was proud of. And it was so wonderful. And I remember the night I had been defeated. Um, it was the I was about to get chased off by the hyenas. And I said, okay, okay, I've done it, I've done it. And then I ran off and followed by the hyenas. I was backstage and I hear this tidal wave of applause. And I just was... I was so amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And so it was like, it was like this affirming thing of like, oh my God, all this work I did, um, it paid off. And to see that and to see, um, hear the reaction of it and to, he and to see that and to hear it. And I remember going backstage for the, before the show started and someone seeing my scar and being like, oh my God, that's so creepy. I'm like whispering to me, I'm like, yeah. And I was so excited um, but yes, yeah, so like I say, Lion King as a movie, the story inspired me. The story made me feel seen and represented for the, one of the first times in my youth. It was, a, it helped, it only built my passion for theater. It only, and then it allowed me to grow as an actor in a way that I hadn't done the prior year. So again, like I say, Lion King has had a big impact, um, a significant impact on my growth as an, an inspiring artist and as uh, and where I'm going to go in my future. Um, I think would I ever do Lion King in the future? That's a good question. I have heard it's very demanding. I've seen behind the scenes videos where the, and I've heard stories where like I just were doing it and really hurt their legs or their body parts. And, um, could not and were out of commission for a bit. I've seen the choreography for Lion King, especially in Be Prepared, The Lion's Hunt, the, the, the Simba Confront Scar. These are some of the most intensive choreograph choreographed numbers I've ever seen. Um, and just in general, I don't know if I would ever do the show, um, but it will always be something I love to see. Um, if I were to do it, I would want to probably play, I don't know, maybe I'll play Scar again. I told my mom when we were watching, um, the show, uh, the DVD of our show of it, that I would want to play Mufasa this go around. I feel like I, as an actor, I'll be able to do that. Um, I would fit, Mufasa would fit me more. And I think since I, <coughs> excuse me, I have my water bottle right here, y'all. I might take a water break in a second, but, um, you know, I think I poured a lot of my creative energy into creating this unique scar to my production. But I think for a larger audience, um, I think 
there's this expectation to not divert too much from um, from what's expected, especially if it's a Disney movie. You know, I think there's this idea of what people, especially if it's Lion King, like you can take liberties, especially if you're doing Timon and Pumbaa. Um, but I think there, at a certain point, there's things that, <coughs> excuse me, guys, um, at a certain point, people expect certain things from certain roles. And now I'm going to take a water break um, so I don't keep coughing in the middle of my sentences. Um, luckily, I have my water bottle right here, my trusty water bottle that I have named Lin-Manuel Miranda. And yes, I know you heard me correctly. Mm. All right, guys, I'm back. Mm. I'm going to take some more sips. But yeah, like I said... Lion King has had a big impact on me as uh, a young child, aspiring actor, as and and in growing my passion for the theater. Um, I would and so that that I think is my big thing as a review of it. Like I said, it's such an iconic piece. Again, I mean, uh, if you obviously you can't see the show right now, but I will recommend you definitely listen to the Lion King musical soundtrack. It's available on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's just so good. You will not regret it. It's transformative. It's uh, a. It's um, like I said, it's a worldwide phenomenon. But the soundtrack itself, it's just so inspiring. It's like like if you want a road trip, definitely listen to it. If you want, if you're doing work and you need a soundtrack, listen to it. If you want. Um, I know I re-listen, I listen, every time I listen to it, I haven't listened to it in a while, it's always a pleasant surprise, the African drums, the African instruments within the, the, uh, the orchestra of the piece is great, um, but again, it's, it's just so, it's such a variety of music, there's, of course, the iconic songs you know are, like, um, are up, are, are, like, Te- like te- are boosted tenfold, like the theatricality of them is there in the sound. You have some new songs that are specifically to the song, like to to the soundtrack, which is Chow Down. It's not in the movie, but it's the Hyenas Rock song, which is so good. Um, you have um, mm, I'm trying to think of what else you got. Um, like I said, you have some of these more uh, African songs in <clears throat> you have in like one by one the Grasslands Chant, Lioness Hunt. Um, the reprise, the circle of life when Simba takes the throne. Um, of course, and then there are the iconically, I keep using the word iconic, but these powerful songs in, of He Lives in You. Um, you have, of course, um, Endless Night, um, He Lives in You reprise, Shadowland, these beautiful, beautiful songs that it's just so inspiring to hear that it are just are are the are the add so much layer and so much and and so clearly display the themes of what Lion King is and what it it is that it's just so inspiring to see and so inspiring to witness so I absolutely cannot recommend this show enough really listen to the soundtrack and when things open up again this is a PSA. Wear a mask, people, please. Um, but when things open up, I would absolutely go recommend go seeing it. It's worth the pri- the ticket price. Go take it as a date night. Go see it with the family. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. Listen to the soundtrack. Um, but that's really as much as I can recommend it for y'all. So <clears throat> we have talked about the we have talked about the my experience with it. 
We talked about the recommendations of it. So you all know what we're going to do now. I think you know. I think you know what we're going to do. I hope you're all on the edge of your seat because we're doing another drum roll, please. Are y'all know, y'all know what it is? The Dreamcast. Oh, yes. You already know what we're doing. I know you know what we're doing. We are talking about Dreamcasting, the iconic story, the iconic ca cast of characters of In the Lion King, the musical. That was so disjointed, but I'm so excited to Dreamcast, people. So, you all, for those of you who do not know, in the Dreamcast, we go through and we discuss, um, I discuss if I had money to go see a cast <coughs> of this show, um, I discuss who I would have play what roles, and kind of create my icon, my ultimate dream on some, um, cast of characters, and main, the main cast of characters, so. I had to get into this with water, guys. Um... Of course, doing a podcast and being this excited, you you have to you start coughing a lot. Um, but you know, but again, like I say, we're gonna go through this. We have got quite the a list of characters here. A lot of actors we're gonna be shouting out. But like I say in my descriptions, give the old cast shout out, the OG cast, people who are casting this, and then of course give the dream cast people some shout outs too because. I have slowly begun to dreamcast this in my mind in preparation for this episode. There are some I have, some I have not. Um, but just be ready and just, if y'all have ideas, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a post on Instagram because I didn't do this last time for the last episode. But I might, for any I don't know, I'll ask you guys if you could pick one person to play a certain role, who would you pick? Um, because then what I might do is list is, is maybe shout out some if I if I pick find someone if I find a group uh, if I find a, a choice that I really like maybe I will give y'all a shout out on the following episode ooh give some incentive to keep listening because maybe your person will be cat called out you know who knows who knows um, and then maybe you can tell your friends about the podcast maybe they can get shout outs and am I just trying to get more clout for this yes. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. But let's get into this, guys. Um, and let's start the Dreamcasting, because I'm so excited. I feel so happy right now, because Scar is the first listed principal on here, as he should be. He is. He may have been a villain, but he's like an iconic villain, and is amazing. So we're going to first shout out... The um p the various people who have who have played him, um originally on Broadway and then the soundtrack is John Vickery, ugh fantastic, um Rob Edwards in the West End, Patrick Page, Larry Yando and Mark Campbell. Patrick Page is iconic as we all know, um from um, oh my God, Hans Michael Notre Dame, uh Having a Soul Christmas, uh Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh Hades Town, uh, just so many amazing pieces. So for our scar, and for our intents and purposes, I find myself leaning towards Leslie Odom Jr. If you don't know who Leslie Odom Jr. is, go watch Hamilton. He is Aaron Burr, the OG Aaron Burr. Um, right now, he's doing, I think he's got a jazz band going on. Um, he did some nationwide commercials that are probably my favorite nationwide commercials. <laughs> um, 
And I just feel like he would do a great job as Scar. Maybe because I'm projecting my wish to see um, Lesum Jr. play a Disney villain. And I guess that's what it is. Um, so maybe, yeah, you know, I want to see him play Scar. That's that's decided. I want to see him do that. So I'm sticking with it. Lesum Jr. Um, will be our Scar if I can go see him. Um, and then there is Rafiki. Gonna give a shout out to these amazing people. I might mispronounce this. Uh, Tsidi Leloka, Josette Buscelli Mingo, Freddie Walker Brown, who I believe was um, uh, mm, Joanne in Rent. Um, then you have Thandazil Asoni, Buyi Zama. I probably mispronounced those. Um, but again, these iconic women have brought Rafiki to life. So good, so wonderful in their performances. And I gotta say, I it's not a woman playing Rafiki in this cast. I mean, maybe I am just projecting, and this was the first person that came to my head. But I want Billy Porter to play my Rafiki. Just imagine, uh, Billy Porter could rock a trash bag, guys. So imagine if, if Billy Porter just walked on stage and sang the opening notes to Circle of Life. I would just be in, in heaven. Um, and I would just, I, if anyone could command a stage, um, with a bunch of like animals walking around and then hold up baby Simba and then just keep coming in and out of the show for the rest of the show, it's Billy freaking Porter guys. So you know what? I want Billy Porter to play Rafiki. We're going to leave it there and move on to the next character of Mufasa, the amazing father figure and the first king of Pride Rock in the show. Um, you have Samuel E. Wright, Cornell John. I mean, actually, before we keep going, Samuel E. Wright was actually was Sebastian in the Little Mermaid movie. He played that in that. So that's cool. Um, we got Cornell John, Alton Fitzgerald White, Rufus Bonds Jr., and Gerald Ramsey. So my, I'm going to double cast this role because I can't. I think both of these two would do a great job. Number one. I would like to see Christopher Jackson do Mufasa because Christopher Jackson is fantastic. If you don't know who Christopher Jackson is, In the Heights is Benny. Uh, he did uh, Hamilton, George Washington. Um, I just feel like uh, he was in Moana as well. <coughs> I just feel like he would do a fantastic job as Mufasa. He has that fatherly... Uh, um, he just is, he could play these really big commanding roles, and I think he has a win to play Mufasa. My other choice, Brandon Victor Dixon. Um, oh my God, Motown the Musical. He played Barry Gordy. You have um, Rent Live as Tom Collins. Easily one of the best parts of that entire live performance. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Um, so so many other amazing things. He's a veteran of Broadway. He's iconic. He's so good. I feel like he could do Mufasa and sing. He lives in you very 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 well. Um, but yeah, those are my two choices for that. Um, now, young Simba. As you all know, I struggle with trying to pick the perfect person to play um, a, a young a young actor to play these roles. But I'm, so I'm just gonna. I'm not just not going to <laughs> because honestly, I'm not gonna be able to pick the perfect person. I'm just gonna be struggling here. Um, but I'm going to again give, give the people on this list a uh, shout out. We have Scott Irby Rayner from the original Broadway cast, Luke Youngblood, Akil I. Lugman, Christopher Warren Jr., K K Khalil M Mandel Carter, Josiah Jean Felix, Ramon Reed, um, 
And then, of course, you know, Nala, also not even going to try and, and touch that because there are so many amazing, iconic actresses. So I'm not even going to try and decide who could do it. Uh, Kahuana Shuford was an original Broadway. Dominique Moore, Paula Collins, Kajal, um, Kajai Fellows-Johnson, Gloria Manning, Danielle, uh, W. Jalade. Uh, um, I'm probably pronouncing that so bad, and I apologize. Um, I'm not great with names. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think ugh, these, I, being on Broadway at such a young age and in the show like this, all these young actors and actresses deserve applause, like, well done, and they're going places, and I hope, um, that they will just be so successful because they deserve it, it's what they deserve. Um, then moving forward to the adult Simba, who I can and I will cast, um, First, I gotta give a shout out to Jason Rays, who the role in on Broadway, who unfortunately was gone too soon in 2004. Um, rest in power, man. You were amazing in that soundtrack, and just, oh my god, you're so good. But in other people, Roger Wright, Josh Tower, Brandon Victor Dixon, the person I cast is Mufasa a second ago, Gerald Caesar. So I think for my Simba, who I would pick would either be. And maybe this is selfish. No, I'm not going to put the other person. That's just celebrity casting. And I know I normally do celebrity casting, but not this time. I want to see Ephraim Sykes as Simba. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Because, ugh, if you don't know what Ephraim Sykes is from. Um, Hamilton, he was in the ensemble there as George Eaker. Uh, uh, Ain't Too Proud. Um, uh, David Ruffin, um, he was in a, a Temptation in the Motown musical. He's going to be in the upcoming Jukebox Michael Jackson musical as the Michael Jackson himself. Um, his dancing of choreography, his choreography, choreography, his choreography training makes me feel confident that he can rock a show like Lion King. I believe his singing is just so good that the rawness and the vulnerability in his voice could really sell um, Simba's struggle to become the king really well. I'm here for it. I would love to see him play uh, Simba. Oh, in addition to his resume, he was also in Hairspray Live as Seaweed and killed it when his rendition of Run and Tell That. Um, I also guessed about him yesterday on um, the Hairspray podcast as well. So, uh, yeah. Ephraim, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, um, you rock, man. Keep being you. <laughs> um, but yes, moving right along to Nala. Of course, we have Heather Headley, Paulette Ivory, Kissy Simmons, Ad- uh, Adia Guinness, uh, Nia Holloway. Oh my God, so many iconic actresses who have played this role. I mean, Shadowland is just a bop and such a beautiful ballad of a song. And so, as I'm saying this... I want to double cast, and I'm going to say I want to see one, Renee Elise Goldsberry or Jasmine Cephas Jones, two Skyler sisters, another group of Hamilton people who I want in my Lion King. I think I just want to see the Hamilton cast do more stuff again together. Maybe that's just what this is. I think it might be. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, Renee played Angela. And, did I say Angela? I think I'm thinking of The Office now. Renee played Angelica Schuyler, and Jasmine played uh, Peggy and then Mariah Reynolds in Hamilton. Their voices are stunning and 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 beautiful. And um, if you want to see Renee in something else, she's in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I haven't checked out yet, but I'm going to check out at some point. Um, but yeah, really, it's just beautiful to see. And they're both so amazing singers. I think they could do Nala so well. Um... But yeah, that's my choice for Nala, guys. 
<clears throat> Moving right along to Timon, um, we have one Max Casella from the OG Broadway cast, Simon Gregor, J John, uh, John Plumpus, Benjamin Clost, and Nick Cordillon. So, we need someone funny for this. I have several choices, several of them. Um, my top, I have three, but if I'm going to pick one, because I'm going to pick one for this, um... First choice, Ben Platt. Definitely Ben Platt because I just... Maybe I just want to hear him sing Hakuna Matata. Um, and maybe that's really all there is. And if that is, then okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I just feel like he would do a really good job of it. So I'm going to go with it. I want Ben Platt to play Timon. My other two choices would have been Nathan Lane, who originated the role in The Lion King animated film. Or I would like to see... Um, I had their name. Oh, John Lloyd Young, um, best known as Frankie Valli in the Jersey Boys musical, an icon, and should be doing more stuff in my opinion, but I digress. Would love to see him in either of those three gentlemen as Timon, but mainly I would love to see Ben Platt as Timon. And the reason for that is because I know I want to play Pumbaa, but first I want to give a shout out to these amazing actors who have played him. You have Tom Allen Robbins, um... Excuse me, Martin Ellis, Blake Hammond, Bob Amaral, and Ben Lippitz. I know I want to see George Salazar play Pumbaa. Now, is that not the most perfect casting ever? I kind of got to pat myself on the back. Imagine George Salazar, I mean, Grover from Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, the musical. Michael Mel from Be More Chill. <coughs> More recently, Seymour Krellborn in the Pasadena Playhouse's Little Shop of Horrors. Spring Awakening, he was something, I don't know who he was in Spring Awakening, um, but he's just such a sweet energy, he's just a genuine, wholesome little human being, um, and I feel like if anyone could play Pumbaa, it would be him. Seriously, check out George Salazar, and his voice is just off the charts, but imagine Ben Platt and George Salazar together as Timona Pumbaa, my ha little heart could not take the adorableness slash hilariousness that would ensue from that, um, and I would love to see it, um, but yeah, of course, then moving on to Zazu, um, <clears throat> and I think I already know my choice here, um, this is a bit of celebrity casting here, but what the heck, I've been a good guy so far and not picked too many obvious choices, I don't think, so I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, double cast this one, but first I'm gonna give a shout out to the OG cast members who have played Zazu. So in the OG Broadway cast, he was played by Geoff Hoyle. Hilarious in the soundtrack. Check it out again. Check out the musical soundtrack of The Lion King. Please. If you take anything away from that, take that away. Oh, that and that Ben Platt and George Salazar should be doing more stuff together. Those are the two things you should be taking away. Um, of course, in the West End, Gregory Gudgeon, Jer Jeffrey Binder, Derek Hessenstab, and Greg Jackson. And for this, I'm going to double cast... I want James Corden for obvious reasons, and I want Jonathan Groff because, again, I just want the Hamilton cast to do Lion King. I think that's what this is coming down to, and and now I'm thinking of Lin-Manuel Miranda playing Zazu, and now I kind of want that, so <coughs> and I'm taking another water break because I've been coughing a lot. ASMR. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to triple cast it. I want to see, um, James Corden's my first choice, Lin-Manuel Miranda, or, um, Jonathan Groff as Zazu. 
I just see them doing all doing the morning report and BR and I will say BR guest. I just can't wait to be king phenomenally. And I would love to see what they do. <clears throat> um, I just feel like that would be so much fun to see. Um, so now we get to the hyenas. And I already have my choices for this one. Um, now for Shenzi, I already have my choice, but I'm going to list out the actresses who have played her very well. Tracy Nicole Chapman, original Broadway actress. Stephanie Charles, Jacqueline Hodges. Excuse me. Shalulanda Lacombe, Martina Sykes. Um, so my Shenzi, I would love to see be played by Barrett Wilbert Weed, the iconic Veronica in um in in Heather's, um recently Janice in Mean Girls. She's just so so good and so talented. I feel like seeing her play a villainous animated villainous role like um. Like, Shenzi would be so fun to see, personally. I would love to see that. And I feel like Chow Down would just ascend. Because Chow Down is such an underrated song. I feel like if Barrett was singing Chow Down, pfft, oh my god. And, and you're going to find out when I pick my next person for Bonsai that it would just be even better. So you'll see in a minute. So for Bonsai, I kind of want to... Um, I'm going to list up the actress really quickly so I can pick my person and remember my person. Um, Stanley Wayne Mathis, so, 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 so good. Paul J. Medford, James Brown Orleans, Melvin Abstin, and Keith Bennett. Now, my Bonsai, Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan, oh my God, where do I begin with Jeremy Jordan? You all know I want to see him play Flynn Rider in a Tangled live action. You probably didn't, but I do. Um, he's been in so many things the last five years. Um, Bonnie and Clyde, um, he was in Supergirl's win. He's just, he's a veteran of musical theater. His voice is so good. I feel like, again, I want to, maybe I just want to see Jeremy Jordan play more bad guys. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a lot of fun to see him singing in a villainous role. And I want to see him play Bonsai. So that's that. Um, and then I also want to, and so for Ed, I already have, um, I have two choices for this, for Ed, and I can't decide. I think this is a double casting for this one, guys. Um, but yeah, I want to see, uh, first, first shout out, I want to say Kevin Cahoon, who was also in The Wedding Singer, um, and I think she played Riff Raff, maybe, that's just me, um, but he's so iconic as Ed. Um, you have Christopher Holt, Wayne Pyle, Brian Sills, and Robbie Swift. But I want to see Ed double casted. I would love to see him played by um, Jeremy Pope. Um, Eddie Kendricks from Ain't Too Proud. Uh, he was um, in Choir Boy um, in Hollywood on Netflix. He's just so iconic and has such a beautiful high falsetto that hearing him sing Ed in Chow Down would be amazing. Or, and my second choice is Gray Henson, who played Damien in Mean Girls. Um, maybe because I just want to see Barrett and um, uh, Gray work together again. Who knows? I think there's a great chance it's that. But imagine seeing the dynamic of Barrett, Jeremy, um, and Jeremy. <laughs> oh my God, this really Jeremy Jordan and Jeremy Pope. That's great. Um, or Barrett, Jeremy, and Gray all singing Chow Down. That is just the iconic um, trios that could re raise this song that is way underrated. In my personal opinion, I don't know how anyone else feels. 
But I love Chow Down, so my opinion would be that would be a great casting for that. <coughs> and lastly, for Sarabi, I'm going to give a shout out to the Broadway actress who played her, Gina Breedlove, um, or some who played Simba's mother, um, Don Michael, Jean Michelle Greer, um, Kimber Sprawl. I think who do I think could play Sarabi? Again, maybe I'm a little biased. I think this is celebrity casting, but you know, what the heck? I want to see Yvette Nicole Brown from Community, um, from The Office, from... Um, she's an amazing singer, and I feel like she could play Sarabi really well. I think for Sarabi, you need somebody who can... is Sarabi doesn't have a lot of lines in the show, so you need someone who can come in, sell this um, idea of this mother who um, is trying to raise her kid, but also has lost her husband, Um and has to deal with her stepbrother in Scar. And I just feel like she would really sell it well. Could sing the part really well. And I feel like she would just be able to sell the acting of it well too. So I want to see Yvette Nicole around. And that everyone is my cast for The Lion King. A lot of Hamilton actors in this. Um, just because I want to see um, the Hamilton cast do more stuff together. But also I want to see... Um, ben Platt and and um, George Salazar are working working off of each other because yes, and also I want to see um, uh, Billy Porter uh, sing sing a circle of life and he lives in you the reprise. I want to see um, Barrett Wilbert Weed, Jeremy Pope, Jeremy Jordan, uh, and or Barrett Weed, Wilbert Weed, Jeremy Jordan, and um, and Gray Henson singing Chow Down because yes. And, um, I think this is the first dream casting in a while that I've nailed and had pretty much certainty in all, in all my choices. Well, actually, before we wrap up, I want to give a double casting for Billy and Rafiki. I want to see MJ Rodriguez also sing Circle of Life, because if you don't know MJ Rodriguez, uh, she was Angel and Rent, um, and recently in the Passage to Playhouse production of Little Shop of Horror, she was Audrey, um, so good, so good, so good, so good. I feel like I'm just reuniting people who I want to see on, I feel like this would be an amazingly, really, really hot ticket, but I would still be paying to watch it. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be it on my dream casting. Um, like I said, give the OG cast some love. I mean, this show, the fact that this, um, show has lasted as long as it has is a testament to the story it's a testament to the directing decisions by the iconic Julie Taymor, by the iconic characters, by the actors who bring them to life. Um, there's just so much to love about this story and about this show that um, I think Lion King's going to be around for a long time to come. Again, I cannot recommend the soundtrack enough. I cannot recommend the movie enough. I cannot recommend when this is over. Again, wear a mask, please. Look, come on, guys. Um, when live theater opens up back up again, I will definitely be seeing Lion King... Uh, uh, a bunch of more times whenever I can, and um, I hope uh, I, rec I can recommend that if you all have not seen it, please find uh, it's worth every cent to go see this show. It's uh, it's life changing. It it's phenomenal, and I can only st I cannot recommend it enough for you guys. Honestly, I cannot. Um, but yeah, I think that is gonna be um, where we wrap this episode up, y'all. Thank you so much. Now before we go, I have to give you all. I, I, t I told myself I would tell you guys something special about this podcast, and I'm going to. 
So you're probably like, but Lincoln, you always tell us what musical we're talking about next week, well, tomorrow rather, or the next episode. Well, not today, my friends. No, I'm not telling you that today because we're not covering a musical next time. We are covering, we're having the first of, will not be the last of our special episodes. What is that? <clears throat> What is that, you ask, um, falsetto audience member, and so I answered. Well, I got a comment from someone a while ago, and they said, Lincoln, I kind of want to hear you talk about certain details, not just musicals, but, like, bring, like, you know, talk about um, unsuccessful musicals, why they were unsuccessful, what, um, what do you think about them? Be- and the thing is, I've been operating on this podcast based off the order of my musical playlist. And while we're still going to be covering those musicals, I feel like there are things that I don't get to cover as, in, as, in as much depth as I would like to. You know, maybe there are characters in musicals that I really want to play. I want to tell y'all why. You know, I talked about, like, my development of Scar as a character and my version of Scar in this episode, which was so much fun to do. But, you know, I didn't do that for um, Hamilton or Wicked or um, Hairspray, and I feel like there are just things that I want to talk about in that, and in what I want to do, or maybe there are songs that really have stuck with me, or I want to learn, or have, or just are impactful on me, that I want to talk about, and maybe bring on guest stars to talk about why certain songs are interesting to them. Um, maybe I want to do a Q&A episode, where y'all talk about, like, whatever musical is, or, or, or things like that. I want to talk about why my dream roles are certain dream roles or what I would do or, um, you know, what maybe what show I could direct and how I would direct it. Or like that person told me, um, would I like to do um, what shows were unsuccessful that I think should be successful? Um, I want to talk about that more, guys. I really want to br- shake up the routine we've gotten ourselves into. And I think as this is the 20th episode and we're going to be going forward into the new year and we'll be hitting up the, and we're like, I think four months away from the anniversary of the, of the podcast. This will be the time to really start introducing some special episodes, some new to, to diversify it, to, to spice it up and to really turn this into something fun. I'm going to be, um, making some more interactions Make, I'm going to make this podcast starting now more interactive with you guys. I want to hear what you are, are thinking. I might start introducing some sponsorships because that way I can make some moolah. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know because literally the sky's the limit. You know, I started this to help me, um, you know, talk about something that I love when in a difficult time that is still going on. But... Even after this ends, I have come to love doing this so much. I love geeking about musicals, whether it's by myself, with my family, with my friends. Um, There's just something so special about this. And um, this podcast has really brightened my life, guys. I mean that. And so I want to really um, continue to build this, make this more special. So tomorrow, you can expect the first special episode. I don't know what that will be. Um, I might get some opinions from you all. Um, I think I know what it's going to be. I'm like 50% sure on what it will be, but, um, again, um, stay tuned for that. Excuse me. Stay tuned for that. And I will let you all know. Um, you'll find out tomorrow when I upload, but for real y'all, I think that's going to be where we wrap up. Thank you all so much for joining me on this episode. Again, I cannot recommend Lion King the Musical enough. Check out the soundtrack. Check out these amazing actors, check out actresses, check out this, um, 
amazing um, OG people who have played these roles and the and, and all to all the actors and actresses who I didn't mention, the ensemble people to the people who aren't on those this Wikipedia page who have done who have kept this show running for twenty three years. Thank you. You I think I say this for a lot of people out here. Like this was the intro for a lot of theater kids. Um thank you. You really have done something special with this show this show that talks about responsibility and family and taking our place in, in the world and what we mean to our communities. And um, there's just something so special about that. And I think um, there's something to be said about uh, finding where we fit and taking, expanding our responsibilities and, and, and leading properly and, and responding to leadership, whether it's good or bad. Um, there's just so much in this story. And I could gush about this forever. See, that could be a special episode about me gushing about the meaning of Lion King even further. Because I feel like we didn't even get that much in, of that in the, in here. Um, but for real, y'all, I am so excited um, for where this podcast is going. Thank you all for joining me today. And I will see you all next time. Bye-bye, guys.